Hi, good evening. I'm Dr. George Andale. Thank you for joining me at my show tonight, A Journey Through. So the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at psycho-spirituality. We've been looking at, from many different directions, what goes on for us from the time we are in the womb onward through our development, revealing itself in many different ways as adults. And we're going to get into that more at some point. But tonight, we're very blessed to have a guest with us tonight, one of my favorite people in the whole world, Dominic Bensavanga. And he's going to share with us tonight some of his insights with men's spirituality and his involvement with all of that, because there is a lot of work in that area being done. So this is Dominic Bensavanga. Dominic, you want to say hello? <laughs> Hi, everybody, and good evening, Georgianne. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good Welcome to see to you. The show. Good to see you always. <laughs> so, Dominic, we met many, many years ago. We met at the seminary, yep. both of us studying you know, spirituality, theology. Um, do you want to start tonight talking a little bit about your journey and how you arrived with, you know, your work and your inner work and where you are in, in your journey now? Sure. As one could expect from my name, I have an Italian-American background, which meant uh, certainly growing up in the 60s, I was raised a Roman Catholic. Uh, true and true, you know, baptized within a week of being born. Um went through all my, all my sacraments. But I, I do remember a bargain I made with my mother. I was the oldest of, at the time, four children. There's five of us now. Um, and the bargain I made with my mother is as soon as I got confirmed, I no longer had to go to church. And my mother accepted that bargain, which was very interesting because that put me, my whole life on a whole different journey. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that journey was really one of like, just, I think what a lot of Catholics face, particularly these, these days, is we went away from the church. So my journey that came back to faith, that came back to church, happened with the both birth of my oldest daughter, Jacqueline, who you know and have met. And uh, Jacqueline was born in uh, February of 1988. So I was now about 26 years old. And that was the path that really started having uh, both a combination of being more faithful to my religion and learning more about it, but also opening up the thing called spirit and having the work of the Holy Spirit work in me and through me. And uh, at the time, I think we were in the same parish, Father Tom Petriano, who you might remember, was yeah. uh, uh, just my guide. He was what we call a spiritual director today, even though I wasn't seeing him for spiritual direction. And I reached a point with Tom where he said to me, you know, Dominic, I've taken you as far as I can go with this, which is very wise of him. He says, you need to go to this program. You need to pray about it and see if this is right for you, which is the Pastoral Formation Institute that the Diocese of Rockville Center uh, has and still does. And it was the most wonderful thing that I have been through. I know you speak very highly of it. And that's the aforementioned meeting that people just you just discussed was during that program on uh, what they called Myers-Briggs weekend. Um, so... That was the beginning of a very long journey for me that has just been continuing and growing since then. Mm -hmm. That's great. 
Yes, and it's funny because you were pulled away uh, from the church, not you were, but you did uh, allow yourself to move, move back from the church when I joined the church because when I began our program um, five weeks ago, six weeks ago, I mentioned that I was baptized Christian and then we never went to church. So, you know, God calls us first. You know, we think that we are going to God. And in essence, we are. But God calls us first and we answer that call or not. Sometimes it takes people an entire lifetime and they don't answer that call until they are dying. Right. On their deathbed. On their deathbed, um, right. which, which is, is I always of- find very, very, very sad, <laughs> sad that that comes to it. But um, I'm pleased that that person could actually ever get to that point. Um, coming back to my story, though, what you just mentioned, which is interesting, is you brought up the small mind of the ego. And even as a teenager, as a teenager, that's what was driving my decision. Right. I was going to have my ego, which was strongly saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Why? Because I am going to show everybody else, my brothers and sisters, that I'm different than you. I get to not to go to church. That's all it was about. Mm-hmm. I did not have to go. You still had to go. I could sleep in on Sunday mornings. So it was so fascinating how that unfolded. And if, if something else had come into my path in my 20s, earlier 20s, maybe a college, I might have been drawn back in the faith then because I think the spirit was always resonating in me. And it just, when did it get called to me? Because I remember in college, I used to walk into the chapel. And I used to just sit there and it, and it really called to me, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a cool thing to do in college. Right. So mm-hmm. I just wasn't brought up around enough of a strength of it in my background from my parents. But I do. And, I, and we've talked a little bit about this, too. I do relate it all back to my mother's lineage because my grandmother, who passed away just a few years ago, at 103, she was the one who was the most religious of any of my grandparents. So uh, my mother went to all Catholic schools. Uh, my grandmother made sure of that. So I feel that's the connection I have. So spirit spoke through her, the Irish Catholic side, into my mother, into me. And the interesting thing, that's why I want to bring it up, very important point, is dad had no part of this for my family. Granddad had no part of this for my family. And I'll, bring, I'll come back to that in a little bit. But I just want to make that point, that in my upbringing, my father, my grandfather, and I would just assume their great, great, great grandfathers did not have a very active life with their faith, religion, or spirituality. Mm-hmm. And it's great to hear you speak of um, religion and spirituality, because although they are one and the same, the approach to them can be different. And a lot of the times I have found through my work with my patients and spiritual directees that many times people don't feel drawn to the church because of the religiosity of the church that they remember from their early years. And people that know me say you joined the church at the right time, which is about 33 years ago now. Because back in the day, from what I understand, and you would know better than I, the church was very different than it is now. The church was very much uh, dogmatic. Uh, It was very much about fire and brimstone. And now 
it has evolved. God evolves everything um, to a place of truth, which is what Jesus actually came to bring, a consciousness which revealed, and Jesus's life did also, which reveals love, kindness, forgiveness, and patience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and some of the most spiritual people I know who I feel are very connected to higher power and God uh, are not very active faith in participating in their faiths. And yeah. they, they tend to have been uh, addicts of some sort mm-hmm. who are, are now, quote unquote, dry, because I don't I want to just don't make it alcoholics only. But they've been through the 12 step program. And that's what God used and the Holy Spirit used in their life to get them to surrender because that surrender moment is the most important thing we can do to open up our spirituality. I can remember a surrender moment for myself and it happened. um, You know, I was post divorce. Uh, I was now supporting two households. Things were very, very tough for me. I didn't know a way out. I had my business, which wasn't going as well as I thought it would go. And I remember that moment being the moment that I really got down on my knees after having almost a decade of the theology we talked about and going to church every day, it wasn't until that moment that I really opened up a relationship in a really deep, heartfelt way, not in a head way, but in a heartfelt way with God and Jesus and the Spirit. Because they're, they're three, the three are one, the one are three. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. So it wasn't until I made that surrender, which people talk about very much in the 12-step program, that I was able to give up my ego and say, my life is not about me. I am not in control. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, Because we spoke about that in the previous shows about the small minds of the ego and how there will be something in everyone's life that we must face that comes along and reveals to us that we're not in control, that we don't have control, And that feels like suffering, because when we feel out of control, it feels like suffering. And to surrender, what you're really surrendering is your willingness or willfulness to not die, die to the false self. The false self has to die before we can take on the likeness of God, which is what God does through all of us, which is why this is a journey through. Really great, um, Dominic. Really super. If we have a moment, I'd just like to quote, because this, this is an important yeah. part of my journey. Please. Um, you've quoted, you've quoted a, and I know you know of Richard Rohr's work, but Richard has a great book, and it's really the, 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 the genesis of all of his work on men's spirituality called Wild Man to Wise Man. And uh, I remember reading this, and the first chapter is called, Is There a Thing Such as Male Spirituality? Uh, and he said, the very closing of that chapter, the spiritual man in mythology, in literature, and in the great world of religions has an excess of life. He knows he has it, makes no apology for it, and finally recognizes it does not even need it to protect or guard it. It is not for him. It is for others. His life is not his own. His life is not about him. It is about God. Amen. That's what happens when that kind of conversion happens because, and I'll speak from my experience, my life went from being very self-centered in that addictive state 
until I turned it over and said, I'm no longer in control. And it didn't happen in a flash, like in a movie. And all of a sudden I was on my knees and I got it all. It was the beginning of a decade long journey, which I hope we'll have more to talk about tonight. Yes, that's great. And um, yeah, and it certainly is a journey. And what you just read is applicable for all peoples, not just men. And it's, I mean, it's great that you read it in the context of men, because tonight we're talking about men's spirituality. Um, you know, and what we're talking about, you know, in, the, in, the, in this depth, it's very challenging to talk about in words for people to grasp, unless you are on the journey. And, I, you know, I don't know, just like when I give a retreat, I don't know who my audience is. So that's why I wish there was some way to get questions. Um, but I had given my email address of drgdow.com, uh, Dow spelled D-A-U. So um, where you could send me messages of questions you have, and I could answer them on the show. So uh, we're going to be back. Uh, we're going to take a uh, one minute break. And uh, I look forward to our continuing before conversation. Before you go there, Georgianne, one of the things I have found that, you know, like you just said, words can't always do it. It's, uh, it's the stories that help you. Yes. When I'm in the men's groups I've been in, whether they've been a men's group, we call them councils that are local or on these retreats we've taken. Yep. Men telling their stories, particularly in a ritualistic way, which mm -hmm. I'll talk to a little bit about more, yep. opens it all up for you. Yes, that's it's so very great. hard thing spiritually. At, yeah, to I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yep, and we're going to look at that when we come back. That's great. Thank you, Dominic. Look forward to uh, more in a couple of minutes. Thank you, everyone. We're taking a break from a journey through. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
I welcome back to A Journey Through with Dr. George Andow and my guest this evening, Dominic Bensabanga. So, Dominic, you were mentioning about um, speaking, storytelling from a, um, a place of personal experience, a personal story. Was there something in particular you wanted to share with us tonight or? Yeah, from, um, that, from, that, same, from that same book I mentioned earlier. Uh, a great little short story here in the first, the third chapter called Men, Male and Female, God Created Them. The man stood at the door and knocked. The woman inside said, who are you? The man outside said, it's me. The door remained closed. She asked again, who are you? This time he answered, it is you. And the door was finally opened to him. Yes. What does that mean to you? Um, that God created man and woman, but he created them differently. And whether it be with man or woman or just different people, you need to meet the person where they're at to open up the door. Mm -hmm. You have to meet them with who they are, not becoming that I'm here to share and talk to you in my conversations with you at this lunch, this meeting, whatever it might be, and make sure Everything is known about me. No, I'm here to be with you, which means me to get to know you, which mm-hmm. means me recognizing the God of that's you inside of you. Mm-hmm. And that we're really one. Right. So like as you and I speak tonight, I am you and you are me and we are um, meeting each other, right. which is right. really parts of ourselves, because right. like I had mentioned in one of our shows Uh, One of my shows is that none of us see things as they are. We see things as we are. And wasn't that a Beatles song? (laughs) I am we we together. Anyway. uh, um, So how long have you been involved with the men's spirituality movement? So uh, after the Pastoral Formation Institute, I was still, you know, really, that was a three-year program. Um, I ended in uh, uh, the third year doing the, the spiritual track and uh, just sought out more. And one of the things I found locally, which was through, uh, you know, Sister, Sister Josephine, who you know well, she was running this St. St. Joseph's Renewal Center out in Brentwood, and they were offering men's retreats. They were just men's retreats. Um, and I don't recall prior to that, besides what we did in pastoral formation, ever going to a retreat, so now I went to this weekend-long retreat with just males, and um, it was my opening to the whole experience. And what they wound up having on a regular basis was pretty much two weekend-long retreats and then a couple of programs, maybe evening programs, uh, three or four touch points throughout the year. And I was just going everything I can get, get, my, yeah. get a hold of. Yeah, it was really calling me. The spirit was calling me. Yes. I felt at home. Um, and one of the reasons I, I do is because when you have this kind of energy that happens inside of you, that world over there, particularly the world I live in, in terms of where my vocation is in the business world, is not something it plays in well. Unfortunately, it's just not there. So you, you do find men, and I have come across men who I'm having a business lunch with, and somehow we gravitate towards, what did you do last weekend? And I take a, a venture out, and I mention a men's spiritual retreat I went on, and they connect with it. And sometimes it doesn't. But 
So anyway, over time, that's how I started developing mm-hmm. the program, very good. which led me on a, on a very long journey, which um, went through multiple. But that group uh, is called, was called Man Matters Spirituality. It was founded some very wise men, two wise men I know on the Long Island Arena in men's work, Michael Dunn and the Deacon Lenny Sclafani. And I've had the privilege of uh, working with and teaching with Sister Josephine. I'm actually trying to get her on the show um, if we uh, if oh, we that could. Would be nice. if she could. Yeah, that would be lovely. Um, so. Where do you see where do you believe? It saw its genesis, men's spirituality. Where do you, where do you see it, it, it originated from? What do you think was its genesis? Well, there's no doubt that it's been with us since the beginning of time. If, if we look at the Bible, we have male figures in the Old Testament in the form of Abraham and Moses and, and prophets. I mean, it was a very male-driven way. That was a male spirituality in the Jewish faith. And look at look at the uh, sorry to interrupt you. Just adding this. Look at the uh, look at the initiation in Native American Indian culture of initiating uh, boys into uh, male uh, malehood yep. and um, or manhood. Um, and I think that that is supposed to be uh, the meaning of a uh, bar mitzvah or. Uh, a uh, Catholic or Christian um, confirmation yes. is to is to use certain rituals to bring them into manhood. And what what it seems like we've done with it in our culture is to make it a party. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And and I've had a few of those in my experience, so I know that. But. Uh, the men's spiritual movement sort of had this gap of change, I think, that happened as the industrialization of America happened, and men became a different kind of man from you know, 1800s, 1900s, and, and they sort of lost a lot of that. But the modern movement, and this is only from my experience where I've been through, I'm sure there's, I'm not an academic in this regard, so I'm not speaking about all the movements, but the one that I got involved in, which eventually became called Illumin, I-L-L-U-M-A-N, like Illuminate, uh, was founded by Father Richard Rohr with a couple of other men when he had moved out and created the Center for Action and Contemplation out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this book that I mentioned earlier was where he started thinking a lot about that and started to explore what was the, the thing that was going wrong with men that that we're, we're seeing this lack of. And one of the things he brought up was that initiation process that you, you just spoke of, that ancient cultures and to someday today, very indigenous cultures still have this process, which in his words, take a boy at the right time and pull them away from the female energy, right? So, You're born in a womb of the mother. You're raised by the mother. You're tendered to her nipple. You are connected and and intentionally, God created this way, for you to be born with and created and nurtured in female energy. But that female energy needs to now be pulled out from under you in a way that separates you from that. And what he found is these cultures created ritualistic ceremonies 
that took you out of the village, out of the norm, out of the day-to-day, away from the female energy, and put you out somewhere for some sort of test. You were tested in some way under the supernized guidance of the wisdom elders who would then grant you that you have become an initiated one. And then when you returned into the village, your mother, who was like tight with you that whole time, looked at you in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. And you were now, it didn't matter at the age because people did at all different ages. Mm -hmm. It could have been a 10, it could have been a 15, it could have been a 20. But what he found is our society, as we started to get very educated, and you wound up going through a cycle of going into colleges, and, and, and you just never le- really broke through. So men who did break through just had experiences like I've talked to you about earlier, where the spirit called me. Now, that wasn't my initiation, but that was my first step where the spirit mm-hmm. was calling mm-hmm. me. And I think really- God, God is calling everybody to do that, man, yeah. woman, child. Yes. It's really interesting what you're talking about because, you know, and, you know, with, with the past couple of shows, I've been looking, we've been looking at, through nature, God creates a natural flow of spiritual development because mm-hmm. we are part of nature. And there's also, which we're more familiar with, a psychological development. And we look at it as individuation. This looks like the spiritual component of nature that used to be embraced and is not is no longer perhaps looked at in the same way where it would enforce and bring forth that natural progression of the spiritual movement of breaking away on a deeper level and getting more in touch with the depth of oneself, which is God. You know, Rich, um, Thomas Merton would speak about that that to come to the, the depth of oneself is to meet God because God is unique in each one of us. And God is the seed that is in us at conception. And that scripture speaks about that, but that we are called in this journey to find out what our purpose is, what God in us is and what it's asking of us. And that's what it sounds like. That's what I'm hearing, Dominic. You speak about in or through an initiation process. Right. And I give you a very good example that's biblical in the New Testament that is initiation driven and with someone coming to know his own purpose. And it's of John the Baptist. Yes. Right. So John is born into a very religious Jewish family all the traditions, he could have been one of the high priests or in that class, had everything you would want, but knew he didn't, it wasn't his true self. He was just following because his father had that position and he was allowed to follow into it. So what happens is God uses him, but initiates him first by having him go out into the wilderness. And then he goes out in the wilderness and starts preaching. Not that he is the one, but that the one is coming before him and then finds this purpose as part of this initiation, which is then to baptize 
our Lord in the moment in, in the Jordan Sea. So he had his purpose found, he, he honored it, and then he had his initiation moment, and he went through all that probably within a year. And, you know, interestingly, you don't hear much about him after that. It's like no. he disappeared, but yeah. he served a purpose in that moment in time. Yeah, and it's interesting because before, you know, Jesus... I think, came into some sort of a recognition of what his purpose was, because um, I don't think he always knew that he was, quote, the Messiah, I agree had, with didn't you. have an awareness, that he also was led into the desert. So we are called to have a desert experience, which means perhaps being void of our awareness of the conscious consciousness of our psychology to die to the small minds of the ego, to go deeper into the spirit and soul of who we each are. And we need to um, take a, another break in about 30 seconds. Right. So, yeah, it's really fascinating. And um, I think we've talked about this before, that the stories in the Bible, whether it be the Old Testament or the New Testament, are stories that will mirror the truths of life. Yes. So one of the ways to read and interpret them is what is the story telling me that's applying now to 20th century, 21st century America, where I'm living, Europe, Asia, wherever I am, because it could apply anywhere right now because it's a universal truth that's telling. Yes, yep. That's why it was written down for us, because it's universal truths. Thank you. That's exactly right. That's why it was written down. That's why it was recorded. Absolutely. So this had told me that we are having a uh, break in one minute, but I think that maybe it was a mistake. So um, I'd like when we come back, because we'll start playing the music in a moment. um, When we come back, I'd like to focus in on what does this work mean to you and how has it helped you personally? Okay, so um, happy to do that. And there's a there's a lot to share there. We'll try to get it in a very succinct version. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how quickly the time goes, right? right. But uh, there there's a lot, and um, I have also seen the work uh, as much as it's transformed me. One of the blessings is to see how it's transformed so many other men. Oh, sure, absolutely. So just you to know, watch that a, happen and to be around it. Yes. Um. There's a hunger for men to be able to talk to men. It's, it's a core part of our spirituality. And sure. I'm not talking about the religious, ritualistic stuff we do and the initiation processes. There's something we just call counsel where really men are getting together as men just to talk about their stories. And one of the yep. things we do uh, about once a month out in Brentwood is uh, sit around, quote unquote, the campfire. We're not outside in the campfire, but we're in a circle. We have talking sticks, so we have some rules. No one tells or says anything about your story. It's your story. It's not mine to question, judge. If something comes up inside of me because you, Jim, said something, then I've got to look at what is it inside of me that prompted me to have that reaction. Not go back and try to tell you something. Absolutely. And how refreshing. use that regularly. And how refreshing, because in in our society in which we live, men by nature are not um, invited to 
share, to feel. And it's, and it's a, a, a deep necessity, um, psychologically, spiritually, on every level. Um, so that's, that's really terrific. Um, so how has it helped you? In so many ways, Georgian, I can't even start. But the, the first way, in, in the broadest way, I, said, I could honestly say I, I went into the process as a boy and came out a man. That's the, that's the broadest way I could look at it. Mm -hmm. um, right. Okay. Um, and I think that means we're going to take a break now? Um, yeah, I think that's what it means. <laughs> I'm getting um, messages here that I never had before. I apologize, everyone watching and listening. Um, I don't Let's know just quite... keep going until we hear the music. Yeah. Um, you're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m. So tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. curious person always asking questions do you desire to be in the know then join me antonia host of so now you know thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc listen in as i attempt to satisfy that curiosity i will be talking with amazing everyday people join the fun so now you know on thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc you're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We can't hear you, Georgianne. We Welcome go. back to A Journey Through with Dr. Georgianne Dow and our guest, Dominic Bensavanga. So you were talking about how this has helped you when you said in a broad stroke that you entered it 
a boy and came out a man. Came out of where? What so, do you mean? Uh, in a broad sense, came out of the journey, right? But I, the journey never ends. I think that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's, right. that's a theme that you have. Right? And I wholeheartedly would agree within my life, the journey never ends. Um, an interesting way that I've seen it written is you started as an eternal boy. You thought everything in the world was never going to end. You lived in whatever was those hooks that got you in your in your youth, whether it be the fantasies you had, whether it be the disillusions you had. It, you just, it, as a boy, and, it, and this could stop in childhood for some people and it can grow into their 20s, you had certain illusions of ways that just weren't. And that one of the things that happened for me is this movement into some level of wisdom. And in my mind, it's a very little piece of wisdom, but I'm on that path and look to keep widening that path mm -hmm. and how big or wide my, my wisdom can be. So the thought of having a wisdom tree is something I look at in my head. It's mm -hmm. like the wisdom tree just keeps growing every year through these processes. And so you, you have things like, and this is, this is common for a lot of men, but it happened for me. You know, you went from an action that you didn't know anything about. You just acted, right? But then you now... Talking about reaction? Um, You're talking about reacting to something? Yes. Uh, it, I'm talking about you have fluid action where you're always in movement and creation, but sometimes it's just for the face of being movement because you have the energy of a young man, but now having knowledge before you act. Similar to what you've talked about psycho-spiritually in the sense of you hear something and you could have a reaction or you can hear something and choose to act in a very appropriate, mature way yeah. to it. I Similar actually, concept. I was actually going to ask you, you, you've done a lot of inner work on yourself. You have years under your belt of psychoanalysis, correct? That is very true. Would you say that that process has supported you in your spiritual journey? Absolutely. I think they go hand in hand. Yes, uh, I do too. I, I, this is why I do it. Yeah. I believe there was a level of... There's a level of maturity I would have come through this work with the work with God and the spirituality. But that level has been brought higher because of the work I've done with my analysts and the ability to be able to do it. And I'll say it in this regard because you know who he is, is a very wise man, right? One of the wisest men I know. I work with and to this day continually work with just had a session with him today, this afternoon. Um, and that helps me in every aspect of my life. It helps me with my own self and how I act and think it helps me observe myself better. It helps me in my work relationships, my family relationships, my marital relationships. It helps me through all of those aspects of life. But when you put that on top of, or I don't know which is top and which is bottom, but if it's you great. combine that with the fact that you bring in the spiritual base, you bring in the work I've done in the men's movement, you bring in what it allows you to do in that regard, 
which is what you brought up a little earlier, men having feelings, be able to talk about their feelings, be able to express those feelings. One of the big, big things that we do in the Illumin movement, and, it, and it's, it's hard to not be branded that this is all we do, but it mm-hmm. has been. But the truth is we do much more than this, but it's called the men's rites of passage. And again, a lot of this was created by Richard Rohr. That's why I keep bringing up his name. I have plenty of other spiritual masters I read and listen to. But in this case, he's done a lot of work here. He's created this program, which started in the desert of uh, Arizona. Got to be a good 30 years ago now. He used to be what was called the weaver. The weaver would be like you think of the, the wisest man in the Indian village who brought the men together, and through a five-day immersive experience, men got brought through a process which allowed them to see a lot of their true self, like looking in the mirror. And if you really surrendered to the process, you would break down a lot of the barriers of of your ego in that short period of time By the fourth day, you went out into the wilderness, literally. Your fourth day was a fasting day, and you went out and you saw nobody for the entire day. So I don't know about you, but I've never done that in my entire life. And in my case, it wasn't the desert. It was the woods of Cross Valley, New York, which is up near, um, it's north of Liberty. It's, It's in the Catskill Mountains. And that, that moments, those moments I had in the woods those that days stick with me to this day. In fact, on a, on a little plate over here in my apartment, I have a bark from the tree that I met that day, hugged, talked to, did things I would never ever thought of, right? Great. And freed myself to that. Really great. One of the most amazing things that's happened for me is I was never a woodsy person. I couldn't tell you prior to that that I went to more than five hikes in my life, and they're probably on the retreats like I've just described going through. I would never recreationally say I'm going to go out for a walk in the woods. And I have found myself drawn to that from having that immersive experience. So something in my spirit was was kindled to have a connection to forest and woods and trees. And then when I came back here, I kept feeling that longing to do it. And I surrendered to it. And now I am out at least every other weekend, a couple of hour walk somewhere in in some Long Island woods and hiking. So terrific. Wonderful. You know, I'm just uh, as I'm listening to you speak, I'm listening more and more to uh, a gradual opening up and opening up from the deep, the depth of your soul, you know, which, uh, we speak about as kenosis. So we need to open that up. We need to plumb the depths of it to loosen up that impacted, that compacted soil to make us flourish so more and more can grow through it. That's really beautiful. Wonderful, Dominic. So we're going to be taking uh, another uh, break in about 10 seconds. Okay. So go ahead. Is there anything you want to mention? More, more than that, I was just talking about some of the experiences I've seen other men go through. So maybe on, the, on after the break, we could go through that. 
Yeah, and we'll talk about uh, MROP. I'd like to know more about that. And uh, maybe you could give our listeners uh, more information as to what some of these things uh, mean and represent. Um, happy to do that. And happy to have anybody who's listening out there, whether it be men themselves or, or wives who know men who need this kind of work or... Great have expressed the need for this kind of work to be connected to me. We'll, I'll give my email address. That's great. And also, you know, as I continue the radio show, maybe there'll be, uh, you know, a segment uh, once a month that uh, maybe you would be willing to um, um, contribute and um, do more of the, uh, you know, the men's, uh, the men's work um, here. Happy to consider yeah. That. yeah, that would be great. So I apologize. I'm just reacting to what I get on my screen. And um, a minute ago, it said that there was going to be a, a minute break. So, um, so I'll, I'll uh, we'll, we'll wait for that. Um, I have seen men. Um, I have seen men cry like they've never cried before. Oh, wonderful! Um, what what you're talking about? That opening up. That that just something that for all of those years um, that's happened. So it's really great. So I think oh, we're, uh, we could move on from this segment and okay, let him great. do what he's got to do. <laughs> okay, that's great. Okay, we'll be back in a moment with a journey through. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Okay, welcome back. I'm Dr. George Andow, and we have a guest today, Dominic Bensavanga. So, Dominic, when we left off, um, I, I, you know, from what you're talking about, I mean, you know, this is my work, so I believe in a very much a need for spirituality in the world we're living in, for psychoanalysis um, always, for mindfulness. I know that Sam, who is the creator of Talk Radio NYC. I know that he is a uh, um, a deep, a soulful man with uh, uh, that offers coaching, and I I think it's very very important in the world that we're living in always and certainly today. So, where do you see a need for this in the world today, and what kind of framework would you uh, see it in? So let me uh, let me put it in the context of a lumen first, and then I'll bring it more back down to a local level. Um, So I mentioned uh, Richard Rohr creating this program. Originally, was called Males with uh, an acronym: Men as Learners and Elders. Um, And it was uh, it was you know believed that there were there's wisdom elders amongst us, and they could be teaching people. And the whole the whole process you go through with the MROP has that there's. There's elders, there's ritual people, there's all of that. But Illumin as an organization, a worldwide organization, seeks to form future generations of men who restore the practices of serving to build a world that celebrates the beauty in all things. So, you know, that's a very, very, very different masculinity than what you're seeing evident in politics in the man in the White House uh, the you know the world is the, the the world we look at from Illumin, the world that we travel in, the men we talk to, are not. It doesn't matter what you believe politically, are just not acting like that. So, what we believe here is we're men transforming men through a power greater than ourselves. So we've got the ability through our processes, through our 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 councils, our rituals, our programs to transform men, but we're not doing it ourselves. We're doing it by this power that's greater ourselves. And we bring men life-changing spirituality. And then we, we have a primary concern is having this inner work done so that it makes a difference in the world. You know, I'm, you mentioned psychoanalysis and we mentioned, you know, the, my work there. I'm very, very blessed to have that, but it's not available in all men. So there are many men who just cannot even go see a traditional therapist because of health plans, finances, but this is free. What we do in this case is free. So in the, in the New York area, this man matters spirituality has held these programs, has these council meetings. The, the one that primarily meets now is out in Brentwood uh, one Saturday morning a month. I was holding one that was meeting in Whitestone for a while. It sort of disbanded a little bit. But we're looking to get it back together. So we are always looking to attract men who are, this is resonating with them. It's Mm -hmm. on some vibrational path Mm -hmm. with them. Uh, It does not matter if you're a Catholic, Protestant, Baptist, Jew, Hindu, Sikh. That's right. That's right. You are a man on a spiritual journey. Right. That's all we want. That's all we want. And if you don't even know what spiritual journey you're on, but you just know that something's calling you. Yeah. Yeah. You feel cold. You feel because we're all thirsting and we're all hungry. And, you know, when we talk about the small mind of the ego and having to die to it, we all reach a point where we recognize that 
what we thought was going to bring us peace, happiness, joy, it's not working and it will not. Not only does it not define us when we look to be defined by, you know, I am what I own. I am my education. I am what kind of parent I am. Um, none of that is true. We there's are only, that and we are way beyond that. Yeah, there's only one definition that I look at is I am a child of God. That's right. I am, I am a, child a son of, of God. God. Right. And um, so, you know, the reason that it was important to bring up the uh, psychoanalytical work for you is because, you know, when you do this work and you're offering it to other people, we can only help those to, and we can only journey with those through the process we have journeyed ourselves. That's it. Just like mommy and daddy could not have given us any different parenting other than how they were parented, unless they have done the work and looked at how they were parented, what worked, what didn't, and how they right. want to do it differently right. and challenge themselves with those questions. So, um, Which we know is rare for the most part, particularly prior to the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah. But things are changing. You know, things are changing. And that's a that's a great thing. And I think it's very exciting uh, to be on on a, um, you know, on a journey, um, all of us together that are involved with this work that want to partake with us on this work uh, in these times in which we live. You know, we're all called here at this time for a specific reason. You know, why are we here? What do we want to do with our time? What difference do we want to make in the world? One of the one of the fruits that we you're talking about the fruits of what this 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 movement for me has had the spiritual movement where it's come to. Um, obviously, I, as I mentioned earlier, my tree of wisdom is one that just keeps growing, and I seek out ways to do that. And one of the ways I do that, in much the same way, twelve step does it too, is once you have been moved by this, you want to share it. You want to serve others in doing that. And the work I did with Man Matter Spirituality, the work I've done with having council meetings does that. But that same work can be done anytime one-on-one with any man. Mm-hmm. Right. It does not have to be anything more than I can in more normal times than when we don't have a pandemic, right. <laughs> sit and have a coffee with the man in the right. diner and have the conversation. Sure. But Absolutely. in this day and age, look, you can have a phone call, you can have a Zoom call, you can meet in the park. So that's an open invitation. I have anybody that's out there mm-hmm. and they can connect with Great. me through you or I can give my email address, but I'd be happy to talk with anyone. Sure. So do, is uh, we'd like you to come back on the show. Would you be willing to do that? Come back sure. as a guest? Yeah, I'd be happy right. to do that. There's That'd been a lot be of fun. Yeah, it's terrific. Um, is there anything? Oh, we have about a minute and a half left and... I want to do a closing prayer. Is there anything that you'd like to share? Uh, actually, we have one minute left. Uh, uh, very is briefly, there... this is vital work. Yeah. There are more men out there that need this than even know that they need it. Yeah. The women in their lives know they need it more than the men know they need it. Right. Very often, that's one of the strifes that happen is with the mm-hmm. men, the women who've met us, mm-hmm. try to get that across to their men. I'm sure you've seen this with some of your patients. Absolutely. But uh, if anybody's working and whittling their way down with any men in their life to do that, reach out. We'll talk about it. Thank you. 
So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Dominic. My really pleasure. great, really great. And let us end in prayer. So God, we want to thank you for this time together in prayer as we are praying for the grace to learn how to love, to be open to your movement in us. And whatever the name is for the God that we love, we always ask that you guide us and teach us how to love. Amen. Amen. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you too, Jen. Have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Good night now. Good night. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc.
Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.